Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. First John verse, starting actually chapter 5, verse 4. I'm going to start a new series this morning. I'm excited about it. Excited to help you, preach to you, pastor you. First John 5 and verse 4. We're going to start there. It says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Now this could be the key verse for this entire series. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So today I want to start a new series, and we're going to take our time today in the next several weeks. I want to talk about faith that overcomes. Faith that overcomes. Now, we just finished a series about the Holy Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit. I think we did about five weeks, and there was way more we could say about that, but as you know, I can't say everything that needs to be said on a Sunday morning. Some of you think I already preached too long anyways. I'm just giving you the short version with whatever I say on Sunday morning because there's so much in God's Word. But with this faith series, I really feel strongly about this because I was going to go a different direction. And I I was praying about it, thinking about it after the series on the Holy Spirit, which that is crucial for your life being filled with the Holy Spirit. Receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is The main way I believe as a believer that God brings power and strength and you live this new life, you live this Christian life with power and authority, that is so important, the power of the Holy Spirit. But I felt led when I was praying about this, where should I go next? And I felt like that God said, because I know there's a lot of people in here facing challenges, people that are here, people that aren't here, that are part of the church family, whether that's a physical challenge, a mental challenge, a financial challenge, just changing of their life and changing of seasons, and there's challenges, and I felt strongly God said, I need you to strengthen their faith. Strengthen their faith. And how many know this is a faith church? This church started in faith is sustained in faith, will go into the future by faith, and this has been a faith church for 36 years. There's a reason we are still standing after 36 years, because of faith. And we make no apologies for being a faith church and faith people and preaching on faith. Because my Bible says, and we just read it, 1 John 5, 4, this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. The only way to victory in this Christian life is our faith. And so I want to talk to you today in the next several weeks about the importance of faith and kind of reestablishing the foundation of faith in this church because we're faith people. We are faith people. And this is a verse that God gave me, 1 Thessalonians 3, 2, pertaining to that. And notice what it says, Paul speaking to the Thessalonian church. He says, and we sent Timothy to visit you. 
He is our brother and God's co-worker in proclaiming the good news of Christ. And we sent him to strengthen you and to encourage you in your faith. Notice Paul says, I'm sending you Timothy because he's going to strengthen you and encourage you in your faith. And that's what I felt strongly this morning and through this series that God is sending me to you. If you'll receive it this morning, because Timothy was a pastor, and I'm a pastor, and I have the gift of a pastor. It's not me, it's the gift. And if you trust the gift that's in me, that gift is going to strengthen and encourage your faith. And it's not because of me, but it's because of the word that I'm preaching to you. It's God's word, it's not my word. But he said, Paul said, I'm going to send you Timothy because he's a pastor and he's going to strengthen and encourage your faith. And that's what I feel like that God has given me my assignment for this next season in our church. I just need to strengthen and encourage your faith. So that's what I'm going to do. And I'm believing for it. And I believe that you're ready to receive and respond to it. And you're expecting that to happen. And you're joining your faith with mine today to say, I'm going to get strengthened and encouraged in my faith through this series. But today I want to talk about a lot of foundational things. First of all, we talked about in, in the beginning of this, the title of this series is Faith That Overcomes. Faith That Overcomes. I think that a lot of Christians don't realize what that means. Because in church we talk about victory overcoming. We're more than conquerors. Do you realize that all those words imply a battle? All those words imply opposition. All those words imply an obstacle and something in the way of your victory and your overcoming and your conquering. And so a lot of times in the Christian life, we've been told this lie that when we get saved, that everything's going to be rainbow sprinkles and butterflies and kittens. And our life is going to look like a Precious Moments card. Y'all remember Precious Moments? That's not real life. It's going to be a Thomas Kincaid picture that you're going to hang on your wall. No, that's not real life. But the Bible, if it says that you're going to be an overcomer and you're going to have victory and you're going to conquer, means that there is a battle, that there is an opposition. We are not in heaven yet. We're not. And don't be disappointed that earth doesn't feel like heaven yet. Because a lot of Christians and even so-called faith people think that just because I have faith, I'm never going to have any challenges. I'm never going to have any obstacles. I'm never going to have any opposition. I'm never going to have anything to overcome in my life. No, faith is the victory that overcomes the opposition. Faith is the victory that overcomes the obstacle. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. God never promised a life of no opposition. Now, why? Because we are in this world. This world, last time I checked, is a fallen world. Because of sin, this whole planet and all the people in it are not getting better. They're getting worse. 
because of sin. We're not evolving, we're devolving. Because of sin. That's why we have the natural disasters we have. That's why we have the issues in the environment we have. That's why people do crazy things. That's why there's wars. That's why there's racism. That's why there's cancer. That's why there's mental health issues. Because of sin. Not even necessarily your sin. Because we live in a fallen, broken world. And we also have an enemy, the devil, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy and he is still active in this world that we live in because we're not in heaven yet. But many churches stop there. They admit that that part's true, but they're like, but that's just our lot in life, right, guys? <laughs> we got to suffer through this thing, and then we'll get to heaven one day. We have to survive this thing on earth and then we'll get to heaven one day that's true we will get to heaven one day but God said you could have victory now come on I need you to help me preach this today God said you could have overcoming now God said you could be a conqueror now he didn't say you wouldn't have opposition he didn't say you wouldn't have obstacles but he said that there is something that overcomes the world and that is our faith. That's your faith. And there's a victory that overcomes the world. It's our faith. The Christian life is not a playground. It's a battleground. You have an enemy. The Bible's very clear. You have actually more than one enemy. You have your own flesh. You have the devil and all demonic powers. And you also have the world. Those are the three categories that the Bible mentions all the time, the world, the devil, and your flesh. And those are all against you to give up God's plan for your life, to give up God's will for your life, to give up God's best for your life, to keep you ineffective and quiet as a Christian. If he can't get you to not receive Jesus Christ, he just wants you to be quiet and defeated as a Christian. And the enemy is afraid of Christians who know their authority. The enemy is afraid of churches like this who know that they have victory. The enemy is afraid of places like that that preach the message of faith, that preach the message of healing, that preach the message of deliverance, that preach that we could be more than conquerors, that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, that we are seated in he with him in heavenly places, far above all principality and powers and dominion. And God has given us that authority, and we have victory because of our faith. He is intimidated by it. And we need to realize that we have an enemy. But God says, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. This is what the word overcome means. Overcome means to succeed in dealing with a problem or difficulty. It means to defeat an opponent and prevail. We say that one more time. Overcome means to succeed in dealing with a problem or difficulty and to defeat an opponent and prevail. That's God's will for your life. In every area, 
And how do we overcome? The Bible says, 1 John 5, verse 4, how do we overcome the world, the devil, and the flesh? Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. So that's why we're going to emphasize faith, not just today, but the next several weeks. Notice what Jesus actually said about this. John 16, verse 33. Jesus speaking to his disciples, he said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. Now, what's confidence? That's faith. Now, Jesus said this, in the world, you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. So Jesus said, this is what's going to happen to you because you're still in this world. But be of good cheer. Take courage and be confident and certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. And I have deprived it of its power to harm you and have conquered it for you. (laughs) So Jesus said, hey, if you're in this world, you will have trials. You will have tribulations. You will have frustrations. But I'm not leaving you like that. Be of good cheer. That means be joyful about it. Be excited about it because I have overcome the world. And if he is overcome, when we put our faith in his overcoming, we become overcomers too. And how do we do that? By our faith. Because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Not putting our faith in ourselves, but putting our faith in him that he has overcome these things for us. And it says, Jesus said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And we're overcomers when we put our faith in him, and we overcome with him. And faith is the victory. So why today? I want to talk about why is faith so important? Why does it matter? I think that's a good foundational place to start today, is why does faith even matter? Why does it matter that we have faith? Why is it even important? Why do we emphasize it so much? Why do we, Pastor, you're always saying, this is a faith church. We are faith people. It's very important, but I want to share four things with you today on why faith matters. Let's start here in Romans 1 and verse 17. Romans 1 and verse 17, it says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now let's look over at Hebrews 10 and verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. The first thing I want to talk about, the reason that, that we need to be faith people and why it's important is faith should be our lifestyle. Faith should be our lifestyle. One of the values we have on that wall out front is faith is our lifestyle. There's a reason we said that because the Bible says that. Faith should be our lifestyle. It's interesting in these two passages, and actually it's quoted in Habakkuk 2 and 4 and Galatians 3 and 11, It's quoted four times in your Bible. That's a lot of times. If it just was quoted once, it would matter. But God repeated himself 
once in the Old Testament and three times in the New Testament, this same phrase, and it says, the just shall live by faith. Now, what is just? When you get into Jesus and you receive Jesus, you are made just. Just means you are made righteous, not because of what you did, but because of what he has done. And it says the righteous, just person who has been justified by Jesus, their new life is a life to be lived by faith. That's not just their way of doing things. That is their everything, their, their way of, of talking, their way of being, their way of walking, their way of going to work, their way of going to the grocery store, the way they do their job, the way they raise their kids. The just or the righteous shall live by faith. And faith is our lifestyle. This is not a weekend event. Because some of you still think this is a weekend event. I'm a faith person from 10 to 12 on Sunday morning. No, you're not if that's the only time you have faith. No, faith is a lifestyle. Faith is the way you live your life. And God says the just or the righteous shall live by faith. Now, why does he want us to live by faith? Why does he want us to have a lifestyle of faith? Because that's the way he lives. God is a faith God. He operates by faith. And if we are his children, we need to operate by faith too. In the Bible it says in Hebrews 11 and verse 3, it says, By faith the worlds were framed by the word of God. By by whose faith though? Nobody was there. By God's faith. It says that by God's faith... The worlds were framed by his words. Every planet, every star, every atom, every animal, every mountain, every stream, every part of the universe you see and don't see were framed by the word of God through his faith. And God is a God of faith. And faith is the way that God lives, so faith should be the way that we live. And the reason that this universe has not collapsed in on itself is because his faith is still working. The reason we're still breathing oxygen on this planet is because his faith is still working. The reason that we're still alive on this earth is because his faith is still working. There's a reason that the universe is still expanding and there's new stars and there's new planets and there's new galaxies still being formed today because his words and his faith are still working. And if we are his children, we should live and act just like he does. (laughs) So faith should be our lifestyle too. If he's a faith God, we should be faith sons and daughters. Mark 11, 22, in the commentary, some translations say have faith in God. But actually the better translation would say have the God kind of faith. We're emphasizing faith, but where do we get it from? Him. 
He's the one who gave it to us, and he said, I want you to have the same kind of faith I have because that's the way I live. That's why it's so important that faith is our lifestyle because we look just like God when we live by faith. And he told us, I want you to have the God kind of faith. You guys get something this morning. We're still going. I'm really excited about the rest of this message. So we're still talking about faith is a lifestyle. Why is it important to have faith? Because God has faith. And that's the way he lives, so that's the way we should live. Faith isn't just a teaching or a movement or a worldview. It's a way of living our life. To really live by faith is to live by faith going to the grocery store, raising your kids, going to your job, loving your neighbor, receiving your healing. All should be done by faith. The Bible in the New Testament goes ahead and takes it a step further. He says, whatever is not in faith is sin. So there shouldn't be any time in your life you're not doing something in faith. Because if it's not done in faith, it's done in sin. Because the, the life of the believer should be a life of faith. The just shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. I just want to talk about this for a second. Still talking about faith as a lifestyle. The just shall live by faith. In the culture, in the world that we live in today, this idea of faith is really shallow. Just like on the news. Or maybe in your community of people, you'll hear, well, they're a person of faith. What does that mean, though? Because what they mean and what I'm talking about today are two different things. If it's on the news, when they say people of faith, it could be any faith. Buddhist, Muslim, Christian, Hindu. It could be any faith. They're, they're people of faith. They believe. That's what they mean by that. They believe in something or someone. They believe. We all do. Every human being is a believer. Atheists are believers. They believe in what they believe. Agnostic or believers, they believe in what they don't know if they believe. They believe that. Because God made us believers. God made us people of faith. It's not whether you have faith or not, it's what your faith is in. But we're talking about people of faith. So people of faith, that's very generic, shallow term. People of faith. They're people of faith. But they're not... I'm not talking about the same thing as them today. Because they just mean those people believe in a higher power. They believe in God. Which usually means a whole lot of nothing. Or for a Christian, when they say people of faith, they're meaning you came to an altar one time and you accepted Jesus and you've done nothing with it since. 
But you're still going to heaven, so you're a person of faith. No, you're not. Not in what I'm talking about. You had faith once, but the Bible says the just shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Not just one time at an altar, I got saved and I'm a person of faith. No, you're not. Not Bible faith. If you're a person of faith, that means you wake up in faith. You go to your job in faith. You raise your kids in faith. You go to the gym in faith. You come home and eat dinner in faith. You play video games in faith. You watch the news in faith. You go to sleep in faith. If you're a faith person, it's not that you just believe there's a higher power. If you're a faith person, it's not that you just got saved at an altar a long time ago and you're going to heaven, but you live like hell. I'm not talking to you because that's not what it's talking about. No, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. It's a lifestyle. And I want to challenge you today. If it's not your life, you're not a person of faith. I didn't say you weren't going to heaven. You are. I didn't say that God didn't love you. God does love you. I'm just saying you're not living the life that you could live. Because the just shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. I love it. It says, the just shall live by faith. And I was thinking about that verse. Once again, it's quoted four times in your Bible. That's a lot of times. God's like, you didn't get it in Habakkuk? Let me remind you. Here it is in Romans. Oh, you forgot about it. Galatians. You forgot about it again. Hebrews. I said, the just shall live by faith. But I was thinking about this, the just shall live by faith. And I felt like God said to me, you're not really living if you're not living by faith. You're existing here on this earth, but you're not really living because it only says the just shall live by faith. How many people do you know that are just existing, just surviving? Just making it through. Just eking by. Just waiting for heaven one day. Christians and non-Christians alike. Because they're not living by faith. And God says, it's not about existing. It's about living. And you're not really living if you're not living by faith. Come on, am I helping somebody this morning? You are not really living The faith life, which is the most adventurous, fun, joy-fulfilling, peace-fulfilled fulfillment that you will ever get in this life is a life lived by faith. I'm going to ask you a question this morning because my energy level is far exceeding yours. (laughs) If you're not living by faith, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're not living. You haven't really lived yet. If you're not living by faith, you're existing. You're going through the motions with your kids. You're going through the motions with your marriage. You're going through the motions with your church. You're going through the motions with your job. But are you living? 
are you living? Some of you know right now in here, you're not living. Some of you haven't lived in years. You know, I love that song, Rattle, by Elevation. But you know my favorite part? God said live. I say that in the car all the time with Natalie and Judah and Justice. Because they know when they're with me, we go live. (laughs) Meaning no matter how tired I am before, I need to pull some supernatural energy up. Because if we're there with Uncle Jordan or Dad... We're going to go do something fun. We're not going to just sit and watch TV. We're going to go do something. And there's been a lot of times that I've said in the car, now what y'all want to do? We could go to the park. Go try to find a snake. We could jump in the river. What are we going to do? We got to go to Malibu Jackson, go play laser tag. What you guys want to do? You want to drive my car? You want to ride in the back? You want to go play golf? We'll do whatever. But I always say, especially when they're acting on like days like they're kind of tired or they're a little acting a little grumpy and they get in the car. I said, you know what? God said live. (laughs) And that's what we're going to do. We're going to live today. But I regret telling them that. Because now they remind me of it on days that I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to have to kind of take it easy today, guys. Don't push me today. I really, I'm tired. And they said, you said, in an elevation worship song, Rattle says, God said live, so let's live. And we ain't living if we're just watching a movie at the house. We ain't living if we're just sitting on the couch. We got to get out and live. But I want to tell you this morning, God said live. God said, get up and live by faith. Get up and do something with your life. Get up and live. Stop existing and live. And if you don't, you're going to look back at your life with a lot of regrets. I didn't live. Whose choice was that? It's yours. And now that you hear this message, you're accountable for it. God said, live. But how do we live? The just shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. God said live. You want a little life hack? If you are feeling tired, just turn on rattle in your car and just turn it all the way up. And if you want to throw in a Red Bull while you're at it, God will help you live. It's happened many times. I'm like, Uncle Jordan doesn't got it today. Dad does not got it today. All right, let's go to the gas station. We're getting a Red Bull. Everybody's getting a Red Bull. We're not telling anybody's parents or grandparents. Let's turn up the radio. God said live. Why? The just shall live by faith. You're still getting something today. I'm not giving parenting advice. I'm just trying to show you how to have fun. The just shall live by faith. What else do I see in this verse? What needs to live in your life? Because if it's not living, it's because you have no faith. The just shall live by faith. What needs to live? Maybe your body needs to live right now. What's the answer? The just 
shall live by faith. Well, I feel like my relationship's dying right now. What's the answer? The just shall live by faith. I feel like my mental health is going downhill. What's the answer? The just shall live by faith. I feel like my career's going the wrong direction. What's the answer? The just shall live by faith. I feel like my money situation is dying. The just shall live by faith. So what needs to live in your life? I remember Jacob a long time ago wrote a book called Faith is the Answer, What's the Question? It's true. What's the answer to things that are dying in your life? The just shall live by faith. Let's go to the next thing. Why does faith matter? Faith pleases God. Hebrews 11, verse 5 and 6. You guys are helping me today. I appreciate it. It says, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Notice that it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So why is faith important? Because it pleases God. If we had no other reason than this, this would be enough. Faith pleases God. Your works don't please God. Your church attendance doesn't please God. Your prayer life does not please God. Your giving to the poor does not please God. Faith pleases God. So why is faith important? Because faith pleases God. I love it. It says that Enoch, now who is Enoch? Enoch in the Bible, it says that he walked with God. He was a friend of God. And because he had faith, God was pleased in him. It says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. But I was thinking about this word faith because one of the other words that we could use for faith is trust. You please God when you trust God. But trust only happens in the context of a relationship. And because Enoch knew God, and Enoch walked with God, and Enoch was a friend of God, he trusted him. And because he trusted him, God said, I am pleased with him because he trusts me. But he only trusts me because he knows me. The greatest intimacy you can ever have with a friend is trust. Trust. It's not a physical relationship. It's not another type of relationship. The greatest thing between two people is trust. And God is pleased when we just trust him. 
When we say, God, I believe you. God, I believe that. And I believe it above every other thing in my life. I believe it beyond what the doctor tells me. I believe it beyond what my body tells me. I believe it beyond what my mind tells me or my friends tell me or my my past would tell me or my culture would tell me or my family would tell me or my boss would tell me. I believe you more than that because I trust you most. And that pleases God when we trust him. Enoch pleased God because he was the friend of God and he trusted him. There's not many verses about Enoch in the Bible other than he walked with God, he was his friend, and God took him. And then he shows up in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11 and says, this guy pleased me, never says he did a miracle, never tells any great things he did in his life other than he had a relationship with God and he trusted him. And God said, I'm pleased with him. Faith pleases God. Why is faith important? Because faith pleases God. Trust pleases God. Just you saying every morning, God, I trust you. God is pleased with that. God, I trust you more than anybody else. But how do you get there? You got to know him. (laughs) If Enoch didn't walk with God... He couldn't trust God. Just like there's certain people you really know, you really trust them. There's some people that you kind of halfway know, you partially trust them, but you partially doubt them. There's some people you don't know at all and you don't trust them at all. But if we're going to trust God, then we have to know God and walk with God. And that trust pleases God. God. Let's put this verse back up here, Hebrews 11:6 in the New King James. But without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe he is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. I want to emphasize as well, we're still talking about faith pleases God. The last part of this verse says that you must believe that God is And he's a rewarder of those who seek him. Once again, we go back to this shallow view of faith, meaning I just believe God is. But that's not what pleases him. He gives you two steps. Because a lot of people believe God is. A lot of people believe that there is a higher power or a higher energy They believe that God is. They believe that God can do stuff, and God is powerful, and God is wonderful. But they don't believe that God could do anything in their life. And they don't believe that there's a God that you could know. And they don't believe that God actually responds to you. And God is not just pleased that you believe that he is. A lot of people do. The Bible actually says all the demons in hell do. So you're not doing much just believing that he is. But he says, real faith that pleases me is believing that he exists, but he wants to respond to me. 
that he cares about me, that he's willing to reward me if I seek him, that he's willing to help me find him if I seek him, that when I ask and knock, it will be open unto me, that when I seek him, I will find him, that God is not just existing on the other side of the universe. That God can be known, and God can be felt, and God can be understood. And I serve a God that's not just a higher power, but I serve a God that cares about my life and wants to respond to me and loves me and wants me to believe in him. That's the faith that pleases God. I just want to clarify that for you because a lot of people believe he is, but that's not the end of the verse because that kind of faith doesn't necessarily please him. A lot of people will say that just because they're scared of hell. Do you believe in God? Yes. Do you live like it? No. But I do. I'll fight you at the bar if you tell any, say anything otherwise. A lot of people believe God is. But faith that pleases God is that God exists, yes, but God is a rewarder of those who seek him. That God cares about my life and wants to be involved, and I'm willing to believe him. I love it. The message says it like this in this verse, exactly what I'm saying. It's impossible to please God apart from faith, and why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. Now that's faith that pleases God. Not that just he exists, but he cares enough to respond to me. That's faith that pleases God. But you got to have both. That he is, and he wants to respond and be involved in every part of my life. He cares, he wants to be involved, he's ready to respond, and that's what pleases God. When you bring up your job to him, that's the kind of faith he's looking for. When you bring up your kids to him, that's the kind of faith he's looking for. When you bring up that issue you're dealing with in your mind, that's the kind of faith he's looking for. Not this attitude, oh, I don't want to bother you, God, because I know you got a lot of things on your plate right now. No, people that believe God really cares, and he really wants to respond, and he's really listening, and he wants to move in my life, and when you ask him that, that's the kind of faith that pleases him. So real faith that pleases God is trust, but it's also we believe he is, and he wants to respond to every part of our life. Next thing I want to talk about, faith makes you whole. Why is faith important? Faith makes you whole. We're going to look at this passage in Luke 17 and verse 19. Then Jesus said to the healed man laying at his feet, Arise and go. It was your faith that brought you salvation in healing. Notice that. It was your faith that brought you salvation in healing. Some translations say it was your faith that made you whole. So why is faith important? Well, faith 
is our lifestyle. That's why it's important. Faith pleases God. That's why faith is important. But faith makes you whole. We see that all throughout the Gospels, time after time, there would be people in situations that they needed to be made whole. And Jesus would say, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Yes, his power, but our faith. Because you got to realize this, that God's power is present everywhere to move in people's life. It's not a lack of power, it's a lack of faith. I remember Brother Hagin say there is healing power in every hospital room if people would just reach out and believe it by faith. There's power in every mental institute to heal those people if they would just reach out by faith. And why is faith important? Because faith makes you whole. We see this in the Gospels, and this story in particular was about the ten lepers, and this leopard was healed, but the Bible says he was made whole or he was restored. And we see that this happened in his life, but this also happened with the woman with the issue of blood. After 12 years struggling with an issue, when she prayed and she reached out and touched Jesus by faith, he said, it was your faith that made you whole. It's all throughout the Gospels that Jesus would say, your faith made you whole. Why is faith important? Because faith will make you whole. Many people are okay with better, but not whole. Just like this man who was, uh, had leprosy, he said there was 10 that was healed, but only one came back and got whole. A lot of people are okay with just being better or being healed, but not fully restored and whole. And I just want to tell you this morning, God's will is that you would be whole. Well, I'm feeling a little better in my body. Okay, let's rejoice about it. But if you're not whole yet, then God's not done yet. And don't settle for anything less. Well, I'm not as depressed as I used to be. Okay, let's rejoice about that. I'm with you. But let's go for whole. I don't deal with anxiety as much as I used to. Praise God. But let's go for whole. I still think about my past sometimes, and it leads me down a a path of guilt and shame, but not like I used to. Let's rejoice in that, but let's get to whole. And the Bible says the only thing that will get you all the way back to whole, not just healed, not just better, not just a Band-Aid, but whole, is faith will make you whole. And a lot of times in the Gospels, it implies that if they didn't come to Jesus, Jesus wasn't coming to them. They initiated it out of their own will, meaning how bad is your want to to be better? How bad is your want to to be healed? How bad is your want to to be completely whole? If Jesus has complete wholeness for you, spirit, soul, and body, he's looking for your faith. The Bible says your faith has made you whole. 
I need you to hear me today because some of you guys are hearing me with preacher talk ears. You know what that means? I've heard that before, Pastor. You're just trying to get us excited. The Bible says your faith can make you whole. I'm going to choose to believe God's word above your experience. I'm going to choose to believe God's word above your mistake. I'm going to choose to believe God's word above everything else, no matter other people's situations. Maybe I tried before and it didn't happen the way I thought it would, but I believe God's word. Your faith will make you whole. Why is it important? Because your faith will make you whole. If God did it for one person in the Bible, he has to do it for you. Isn't that what the Bible says? God is not a respecter of persons. God is not partial to any person. He doesn't have favorites. He does not show favoritism, but he does respond to people of faith. And not everybody believes him for wholeness. Your faith will make you whole. Are you, are you getting this today? Your faith in his power will make you whole. We receive God's promises, no matter what they are or what they're about, by our faith. Faith will make you whole. You know, there's even some old situations in my own life where I'm not whole yet. I want to be. I'm not. In my body, I'm not where I want to be. But you know what the truth is? Faith will make you whole. <laughs> and if you read the Bible, some things happen instantaneously and some things happen in a process. And don't get discouraged in the process because I've seen God do miracles in my body, but I'm not where I need to be yet. I'm not perfectly whole. And I'm not giving up till it's that way. Because faith will make you whole. Whether it's instantaneous or a process, I'll receive it either way. Because <laughs> faith will make you whole. There's some things in my mind that I struggle with still. As your pastor. Your pastor gets anxious sometimes. Your pastor gets depressed sometimes. Gets discouraged sometimes about things. That does not mean I'm not a person of faith. It all depends on how you respond to it when it comes. Determines whether you're a person of faith. And you know what I believe about it? Faith will make me whole. Faith will make you whole. He said it was your faith. Not his faith. Your faith. His power, but your faith. God and you working together. That's how everything works in the Bible. There's God's side and our side. Your faith, His power. And there's some things in my life I'm still working through. Even in my mind. But I'm not quitting till I'm whole. And you shouldn't either. Stop being okay with walking with a limp. Stop being okay with being kind of a victim. Stop being okay with half trauma in your life. Stop being okay with half abused in your life. 
stop being okay. I'm not saying everything happened to you was right. It could have been wrong and sinful. But don't let other people's mistakes or hurt and pain destroy you getting to whole. Hear me, church. I'm believing for every single one of you that we are not stopping till we get whole. In every area, spiritually, physically, financially, mentally, emotionally. Why? Because it's God's will. He shouldn't have put it in there if he didn't want it for us. And he said, it's your faith that has made you whole. Don't give up. It's your faith that will make you whole. 1 John 5 and verse 4. Last thing. Faith gives you the victory. Actually, could we get the praise team up here? And I'm going to finish the rest of this message. And I'll ask you to do believe for it. But the keyboard could start playing for me. 1 John 5 and verse 4. It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So we talked about why is faith important? Why does it matter? Faith is a lifestyle. Faith pleases God. Faith will make you whole. And faith gives you the victory. And I want to encourage you with a few things as we close today. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. You have to have faith if you want to be an overcomer. You have to have faith if you want a victory. I did not say it was going to be easy all the time. But faith is a choice. Not just a feeling. There's times you don't feel healed. You don't feel saved. You don't feel delivered. You don't feel prosperous. You don't feel like an overcomer. You feel like a victim. You feel like that you are defeated. But faith is the victory that overcomes the world. You got to choose faith. You got to choose faith. You got to wake up and choose faith, no matter how you feel, no matter what's going on. Brother Hagen wrote a book called, What Do You Do When Faith Seems Weak and Victory Lost? What do you do when faith seems weak and victory is lost? Because some of you are there right now. I know that. What do you do? You're going to have to dust yourself off. You have to get yourself up. And you're going to have to choose to believe God. That's not the answer you wanted today. But that's the truth. I remember dad telling the story when Dr. Dufresne died in a plane crash, which was unexpected. His spiritual father, really the only father he really ever had. He was in Texas and he felt overcome with feelings and emotions and grief like everyone does. But he had been living by faith his whole life. And what did he do? He tells a story. I had to wipe my tears, 
go in the other room, look at myself in the mirror and say, Michael, you're going to believe God. What are we going to do to get on the other side? We're going to believe God. Come on now, somebody. What are you going to do? I don't know, but we're going to believe God. Why? Because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. You got to choose faith. I know there's some people in here that sometimes life throws you enough things in a row that makes you want to give up on your faith. Anybody honest enough to admit that in here? You're like, I just took way too many punches. I feel like laying down for a little bit. And sometimes the enemy, that's his goal, to knock the faith out of you. Why? Because faith is the victory. So if he can get your faith, he can get your victory. If he can get your faith, he's got everything. That's why you got to choose faith. When you don't feel faith, when you, you feel weak, you feel like victory's lost, you got to choose to believe. You got to choose to be a person of faith because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Or maybe you believe God for things and they still died. And you still got a bad doctor's report. And you still feel depressed. And you still got divorced. And you still don't feel good. And your kid's still not in church. What do you do then? Look at yourself in the mirror. Dust yourself off. And say, we're going to believe God. We're going to believe God. We're going to believe God. It didn't happen last time. That's okay. Because my faith is not an experience, good or bad. My faith is in the Word of God. And I'm going to let the past be the past and move on. Say, I'm going to see victory in my future. Come on, is anybody with me today this morning? Because there's, there's a lot of situations in here, and you have been there. You've experienced that in your body, in your mind. You felt that. Sometimes life has knocked it out of you. Sometimes experience. And I know there's a lot of situations in here. You say, well, I tried that and I don't want to believe God anymore because last time it didn't work. Or last time I feel like God didn't come through for me. Realize it's never God's fault. It's never God's fault. He loves you. He's good all the time. There's certain things that happen that we don't know this side of eternity. We do know there's an enemy. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But you got to choose to get back up and believe God. Because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. I was thinking about why is it so important that you get victory? Because it's not just about you. Why is it so important that you have faith and get victory? Because it's not just about you. Because your victory 
it's not just your victory. <laughs> your victory is Miss Donna's victory and Mr. Jim's victory and Chris's victory and Jessica's victory. And if you give up, they'll give up. And sometimes you got to say, I would give up, but I realize my victory is not just my victory. It's their victory. So I'm going to believe God, not even for myself right now, for somebody else. Because I have to get over this, and I have to overcome this, and I have to get on this other side of this, because it's not just about me. And faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Even if you're discouraged, it's not just about your victory. It's about the victory that's going to help other people in the future. Because you didn't give up. I remind myself of that often in my life. When I feel like giving up about an area of my life or I feel discouraged or I feel like, why do I still feel this way physically in my body? Why do I still have this mental pressure? Why is the church where it's at and I want it to be where it should be? You know what I think about? I can't give up because if I give up, you'll give up. And if I don't get the victory, you won't get the victory. And I think about times in my personal life, it's not about me. My victory is Natalie's victory. It's not about me anymore, and it's not about you anymore. It's about all the people connected to you. My victory is not about me. It's about Natalie's victory. If I don't get better, if I don't overcome, she won't. If I don't get whole, she won't. If I don't get the victory, she won't. My victory is not about me. It's about the Boger Boys' victory. My victory is not about me. It's about all the young men like Charles and Bruce and Haas and Amzie and Michael and all these men that have been close to me and Josh and Justin. Because if I give up, what would that do to their faith? Because my victory is not just my victory. It's their victory. If I give up, where will the church be? If I give up my victory, where will mom and dad's ministry and future be? Hopefully I'm helping you this morning. Because your victory is not just your victory. That's why it's important that you don't give up. That's why it's important that you choose to believe God again. That's why it's important you let the past be the past. And the failures and the mistakes. And even the things you're disappointed that God didn't come through. You thought he didn't do. Let it go. It's not his fault anyways. And believe again. And trust again. Because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. But think about that for your personal life. If you give up, what about your husband or wife? What about your kids? What about your grandkids? What about the people you do life with? 
What about the people that need to know about God, but you gave up before the victory came? How's that going to affect those people in your church? Because your victory just isn't your victory. But the good news is when faith is the victory that overcomes the world, when I win, they win. When I overcome, they overcome. When I get the victory, I can help them through their situation, and they can get the victory because I didn't give up. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Did you guys get something this morning? Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.